0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision For You Big Book Study. My name is Christy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 29th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 53, top of the page beginning with logic is great stuff. Today's readers are Julie, Judy B., Sylvia and Melanie. The reference number for Sunday, July 28th, is 4862. Again, that's 4862. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions
1: Good morning, Melanie. This is Lois, recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. The twelve steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a decision to... (laughs) Made a... Made, sorry, 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory of ourselves and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Lois. I will now ask Irini to read the Twelve Traditions, please.
2: Thank you, Christy. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Erdini. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 53, very first paragraph on that page, beginning with the sentence, logic is great stuff. And I will ask Julie to begin reading, please.
3: Hi, this is Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater in California. Logic is great stuff. We liked it. We still like it. It is not by chance we were given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, and to draw conclusions. That is one of man's magnificent attributes. The agnostically inclined, would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach and interpretation. Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable why we think it more sane and logical to believe than not to believe, why we say our for- former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said, we don't know. Um, again, I'm Julie, recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, when I first came to program in 81, I never read this chapter because, oh, I believed in God. So, you know, to me, agnostic was an atheist. So I really, I mean, I never read it. And when I came back um, after, you know, well, it wasn't a relapse because I was never recovered. But when I left program and returned, again, I never picked it up. It wasn't until I started listening to A Vision for You last December that I looked at this chapter when we were reading it every day. And I had gotten a definition that it was a simple one, that the A means without, gnosis means knowledge. So basically, without knowledge, but specifically with God. And I started to look at my relationship with with God because I didn't turn my life and will over. You know, I had my own little approach, and I had to ask myself, is it working or not? Because I, I just had to look at what I was doing prior to coming back to program. I was definitely looking at my life and my higher power agnostically because I wouldn't let my God be all-powerful in certain areas of my life, you know. Uh, And this is just, it it amazes me that after all of these years and having, I don't know, nine, ten big books, I never had underlined anything in we agnostics because I didn't think it pertained to me. But, you know, basically this whole paragraph Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable. I never doubted that. Even when I was 277 pounds, it's like, oh, my God, wasn't that? And then when I was 140 pounds, living dishonestly, manipulating, being an angry, vicious woman, but yet thin, again, I didn't question my God. But now it's like, yeah, yeah, I look at my God now totally different. Um, I had to throw away everything. So, you know, I can see where I was agnostic, and uh, this this chapter came alive in my life. So, you know, if there's anybody out there that, that doesn't think this paragraph pertains to them, you know, read it again and, and think, you know, is your God everything or is it nothing? Is it just a part of your life? Um, you know, I had to really look at my choices and my belief system and uh, to see which ones I rejected. So I am so grateful to be here. And I was grateful to, to finally get what we agnostics was all about. So with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you, Julie. Who would like to share on this paragraph?
4: You need to press star one to unmute your phone. Good
5: morning, Margaret's there.
0: Go ahead, Margaret.
5: Good morning. Um, oh, Wow, I, I also can be right along Julie and I did not think I was agnostic. And prejudices, I didn't think I had any. I couldn't see them in myself. I absolutely could not, would not have ever even dreamt that I was a prejudiced person. And um, I kind of prided myself in, in, excuse me, not being prejudiced. And to be able to really look and see all my prejudices and to realize every day I have to cast them aside um, because I have many. You know, and I still, you know, of course, we all do. You know, we're human beings. We have prejudices. And to be able to, you know, to have God shine a light on them, to be willing to see my prejudices today, what a miracle that is to realize I don't have to keep them. You know, I can, with the help of this program, the sponsor, and the directions in this book, you know, cast them aside. And begin to have new ideas. I mean, that's the whole thing um, that this is about. I thought yesterday's uh, study with Don was just so incredible because he said the two steps of the program are put the food down and change. And, you know, I had to change my mind. I had to work hard on changing my mind and casting out old ideas. And I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Margaret. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph?
5: This is Katie from Boston. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Katie. I'm a reader from Boston, Mass. And um, yeah, I really love this. I love that it's talking about logic. Um, I I love logic. I worship logic. I worshipped my brains. I thought that that was um, I thought that that was the best thing that I had going. And I definitely. Um, I definitely was agnostic, Um, I definitely was atheist at many different times, I didn't think, um, you know, if I did think there was a God, I certainly didn't act like there was any God who was going to help me, and I I think what I really want to focus in on it, talking about, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, why we think it more sane and logical to believe, and... Um, when we say our former thinking was soft and mushy, I had to really get that, like, hammered home, and I I couldn't get to that without examining, okay, what is my former thinking? Like, what is the former thinking that has gotten me to where I am? What is the the former thinking that has gotten me to, you know, um, uh, 228 pounds and 110 pounds and then in a, you know, thin body where, you know, but... Unable to relate to the world in a normal way, you know. Unable to have to hold down a job, that like all the things that we reviewed. Unable to have healthy relationships. Unable to um, engage with the world in any way that was beyond my self-centered fear, right? And I had to, ha- I had to have it smashed home. Like I had to, and they talk about in the next next paragraph. I had to become a compulsive overeater. I had to understand the exact nature of my disease. And I know that there's no chapter in, in this book called Into Understanding. Obviously, it's all into action. But I really needed to, need to have a crush home. I'm a, I'm a hard-headed, compulsive overeater that my way of thinking was not working. You know, and that was the best thing I knew. When people call me today and they're new in program, I say to them the best thing that I knew was that what I was doing was not working. So whether or not there was a God, it was like that wasn't even it wasn't even a question. It was like, Well look at look at how far believing in Katie got me. You know, and so I really um had it smashed down to me that my way of of living was not working and I had to have a new way of life. I had to have an entire psychic change. My way of saying, Okay, maybe there's a God but he's not working for me or actually there isn't a God was not working. And the only way that I could get to that was by reviewing what what, what my what my life was looking like without God and um and 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 take a, a few a few simple simple rules and actions that are that we take in the steps to have an entire psychic change, which is a lot of work, but you know what it's a lot better than what I was doing, and my thought i passed
0: Thank you, Katie I'm Christy, and i 'm a recovered compulsive overreader, and I'll jump in here for just a second. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, as I've heard ever say, I was agnostic as well, and, and I didn't care. I mean, I, I, it wasn't like I, I mean, for me, I, you know, so what? Who cares whether or not I'm ag- agnostic or anything? I didn't believe in anything except for uh, the twists and turns and dark recesses of my brain um, inactive addiction. You know, I mean, there was no logic at all to my Compulsive eating. There was no logic. I mean, how did how did it happen that I would be upset by someone cutting me off in traffic, or I would think my boss didn't think I was doing a good job, or I was afraid I wasn't going to to be able to pay my bills, and you know, I would go from that to eating donuts. You know, there was no logic to that. You know, eating donuts was going to make me be able to pay my rent for the month or make it so that I would feel like my boss liked me or make it so that um, I wouldn't be I would no longer be bothered by people in traffic Um, that was there was no logic there I tried for years to apply my brain and its ability to reason and um, logically think through an issue to active addiction. And and it makes no sense. Uh, you know, to me, to me, my way of thinking, being an addict makes absolutely no sense unless I'm in active addiction. And then it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I, I didn't have the ability to think my way through it. Um, I didn't have the ability to say, wow, I got really upset, you know, Someone cut me off in traffic, and then I was eating. What, is, what does that have to do with anything? Um, it didn't matter once I was in active addiction. I mean, I just, I, it, you know, my thinking was, was, my thinking was crazy. My thinking was absolutely crazy. And, you know, to me, what I've realized, I mean, it took me putting down the food and saying, wow, this is so, this is nuts. You know, active addiction makes no sense at all, and here I was thinking that I was the smartest person in the world with the best ideas ever. Um, You know, I justified my eating by being able to think my way into the bottom of a bag of potato chips. And, you know, that was as good as my logic got me, really. And yet, I, here I was in OA when they were presenting the idea that a higher power would be necessary to, you know, a belief in a higher power or even willingness to believe in a higher power was going to be necessary for me to actually recover. And I spent, you know, I spent five years spinning around in the rooms of OA trying to figure out logically what that higher power should be. And in the meantime, I was going to eat. You know, until I got it all pinned down and figured out and logically assessed, I was going to eat. And that's what my addiction did to me. Instead of just saying, stop eating and, you know, you know close off your mind. Don't try to logically work your way through this. Just, just try to do what other people are doing just try to you know, follow someone else's direction. Don't listen to your brain, Christy. It's crazy and it will get you into trouble. And thank goodness, you know, my belief in my higher power unfolded for me. I didn't have to have it all pinned down on day one. And that is something I am very grateful for because my belief in a power greater than myself has evolved. And with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph?
6: Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? You sure can, Bella. Go ahead. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a compulsive overreader. Uh, logic is great stuff. Wow, it's a very a strong sentence for me. For me, logic is uh, before I came to the program and after I came to the program. Before I came to the program, well, I I thought that I am thinking logically and I am behaving logically, and everything is because of me and connected to me, and I am doing if i if I am overweight is because of me. if I am successful at work is because of me because I am doing a great job if uh, and if i am I have a friend it 's because of me because I am a social person but if i am i cannot call if I cannot lose weight it's also it 's because of me because I am not doing the right thing because Everything is because of me. And this is very logic. Yes, we have God, but you know God is nothing to do with my own personal life. It's nothing to do, you know. God is God and I am I have the power. Today that I am wow, thank God in the program, I know that logic then was a deny it was a completely a deny and i lived in a deny world now i know what means logic yes i have god he is the higher power and i am a human being and i don't have control no i don't have control and this is the logic way of thinking i just have to make to organize my mind and to to know What I can do and what I cannot do. I have to do uh, to work on myself, on my personality, one day at a time. But the outcoming, it's nothing to do with me. This is the logic way. Yes, I have God, and he is the higher power, and he controls my life. Not me. I cannot control my life, and... Uh, I am a human being, and this is the logic. Today, I am not moving without without God. I know that I have to ask God, and I know that God is there for me. And thank God I am in the program, that I know that one day at a time, I don't want to live in a deny no more. And by this I pass. Thank you very much. Ma- thank you very much.: Thank you,. Bella. Anyone else before we move on? This is Kim. Kim, go
0: ahead.
5: Good morning, Christy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim Jean, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Soft Herbie. Why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said we don't know. Now, I love those words, soft and mushy. You know, I keep thinking that logic is the answer, but if I kind of step back and I look at my thinking... I realized the logic is really soft and mushy. You know, my thinking was, I'm thin, I'm lovable. If I'm fat, I'm unlovable. If I have blonde hair and blue eyes, I'm lovable. If I'm, if I'm a brunette with brown eyes, I'm unlovable. You know, it seemed more reasonable to, when I had disappointment, to go to three or four or five drive-throughs and binge my brain death and to deal with the disappointment. It seemed more logical to go into a bathroom at a party that I'm really nervous about and binge and purge in in a public restroom than it was to try to figure out how to be more socially, um, you know, either be more social. You know, it it seemed more logical if I get the right guy, if I get enough money, if I get the right job, if my parents get off my back, that's going to make my life better. And that's, that's soft and mushy. You know, so we have to put up our hands and say, we don't know. Those are the most powerful words I've learned in LA, I think, is I don't know. Because it's not what we don't know that will kill us. It's what we know for sure that that is wrong that will kill us. So what we don't know is when we're open. You no, know, I remember coming into OA. I was 27 years old, it was my first meeting, I was dying, everything in my life is falling apart, and as everyone is sharing, I, I can figure out exactly what everyone else needed to do. That's insane. No, you know, I remember coming back after relapses, or being in the food, and, and sitting there, and talking about the 12 steps, and, and talking about what OA is like, and I can tell you about this, as I'm binging my brain, though.
7: Well, I have to admit, I don't know. If I can't keep the food down, shut up. If I can't keep the food down, be quiet and listen to those
5: who know. Accept the fact that I have no depth and weight in my message if I'm eating. That my thinking got me where I am. That thinking that is soft and mushy. And when am I going to be open to that solution? I'm going to be open when I admit I don't know, which is all that we agnostic is, without knowledge. Open your mind. Your way is not working. But I had to admit in the beginning that my way wasn't working. I was dying inside and instead thinking I could still rule the world. So once again, why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said we don't know. That is the beginning of where we can begin to grow. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Anyone else? This is Haya. I'm sorry, was that Haya with an H? Yes, yes, okay. Haya. Yes. Hi, everybody.
5: This is, hi, thank you. This is Haya, compulsive eater, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas, but I'm actually in New Jersey. Apologize, I'm standing outside because I'm not staying in my own home. Um, when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I couldn't stop eating, and I couldn't stop binging and purging. I couldn't stop sticking my finger down my throat. I couldn't stop. And anytime time I stopped, I couldn't stay stopped. And I came to meetings, and I was definitely agnostic. I just didn't know But here's the thing, and it it, it really, pardon me, it really, um, you know, those of you that have heard my story, I mean, I ran, I, I literally almost ran out the door at my first meeting because they mentioned the word God. It just seemed, wow, that's weird. What does God have to do with this? And I didn't know, really know God. And even if I did know God, I couldn't stop eating. And the people in the room could. And they had a few things in common, the people in the room, that I noticed that were in normal body weights, normal body sizes, and were smiling and happy and living productive, effective, youthful lives. They talked about being separated from the food. They talked about being actively engaged in the 12-step program of recovery. They talked about sponsorship being guided through the steps, and guiding others through the steps. And they talked about God. So even if I didn't want to bring this God into any other area of my life, when it came to my eating, these people had something that I didn't have. And that's all this step is asking us to consider, that perhaps we don't know. Perhaps we don't have the answer to this particular problem, and the people who do, it says at a certain point in our book, when we saw the people with whom the problem had been solved, not improved. Hiya, uh, I think we lost you. Can you try star one? I think I got unmuted. Uh, okay, I Sorry. So when I saw the people where the problem had been solved, so sorry for the cars going by. Can't wait to be in my own house. Um, although there was a flood in my house over the weekend, so I'm not going to be in my own house for quite a while. Um, when I saw the people who had been solved, there was nothing left for me to do. If I wanted to recover from this problem, than to start considering the possibility that there was a power greater than myself that could solve my problem that's all they're asking me to do in this step you don't have to go any further than that at this very moment when you make a decision to go through with the program that process of transformation that was described so beautifully yesterday by don will produce a conscious contact with that god of your understanding so if you are agnostic or atheist we just ask you to stand with us here looking at what what life has been like for you and looking at those who are recovered and what we're sharing and what we're saying and what we truly believe from our experience and perhaps consider that we have something
0: to offer you that will solve your problem. And with that, I'll tell Thank you, Haya. Let's move on to the next paragraph. Judy B., will you read that for us, please?
8: Good morning, Judy B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. When we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade we had to fearlessly face the proposition that either god is everything or else he is nothing god either is or he isn't what was our choice to be well in the beginning they're telling us that we are we come into this this program in a self-imposed crisis and that's exactly where I was. came into program um, my reasoning and my thinking got me into a real mess and I was in a a life which was totally unmanageable and I, I did have a, a belief in a God but I didn't I didn't understand it uh, the way I do now um, at this point <clears throat> We just need to understand that there is something greater than ourselves. And certainly there had to be something greater than myself because I had myself in a real mess. And um I just could not believe that I was the greatest power in this universe. I mean it was very clear. Very clear that there had to be something more powerful than I was. And when I went into my first meeting, I saw that there were people who totally believed that this power could could relieve them from this uh painfully destructive disease and um and I was hooked i was i was uh i was willing to listen i was willing to um just to follow what they were telling me to do and uh and that did change my life and I love to use this this uh, quote from the big big book either god is everything." or else He is nothing. And uh, when I get into periods of uh, fear, doubt, or insecurity, uh, uh, this this line comes back to me. God either is everything, or else He is nothing. And um, I know that He can bring me through anything, and that I don't have to rely on myself, because I do not have the power that I, I once thought I had. God either is or he isn't. And at this point in our um in our study, you know, this book is not telling us what God it's not defining God for us. You know, that is something we can do for ourselves and we don't have to be concerned about it because as we're open uh to receiving and knowing about this power, it will be revealed to us a step at a time. You know that that which created us will reveal himself to us in his own way, in the best way possible for each of us. And and he knows us better than anyone. So uh, what was our choice to be? You know, we have a choice. We can believe that we are the Almighty or that there is another Almighty. And um, being open to that choice uh, will lead us into a life which is... uh, Beautiful. You know, just it will lead us into a life where we, we do not have to be uh, overtaken by this terribly, terribly uh, devastating disease. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for the program we have and uh, for knowing that God either is or He isn't. And what is our choice to be? I, I choose to believe that God is everything. And with that, I'll
0: pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy B. Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
5: This is Katie. This is Varad.
0: Katie, and then, I'm sorry, what was uh, the other name? I didn't catch that. Karen. Karen, okay, Katie, and then Karen.
5: It's Varad, but um, anyway. Oh, Varad, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, Katie, go ahead.
2: Okay,
9: good morning, everyone. This
5: is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, this, I just love this paragraph, and it's one that's quoted um, often on this line. But you know, it's for to me, this paragraph is for the person like me who isn't an who wasn't an agnostic or an atheist. You know, but I had to accept the fact that my way was not working. That even though I said I believed in God, I believed that I was surrendered to God over and over and over again. it wasn't working. So I had to ask myself this question, God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? And I had to accept the fact that my way was not working. And that meant in every area of my life that once I put the food down, it didn't mean I knew everything. You know, as Don shared yesterday, he was given a big book and he read the big book and then he thought, you know then he wanted to change the whole thing, and I was that way. I was always trying to fig trying to um impose my logic as this uh previous paragraph talked about. you know, we are logical human beings, we are not animals with only instinct. we are human beings with logic and reason, and uh, you know that got me to a self-imposed crisis because my best thinking, my best logic had me walking into restaurants and ordering off the menu my binge food. And my best thinking got me, you know, uh, thinking that if I just accepted my weight and bought my clothes at Lane Bryant, which was, you know, the best place you could buy fat clothes at the time, Um, then then it would be okay. It wasn't until those clothes that I bought got tight six weeks later. And then, you know, what was I going to do? Keep buying new clothes every six weeks to make myself feel okay? I mean, my logic was really out the window. And so I had to accept that my belief in God that I was using was not working. And he either is, he's everything, or else he's nothing. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I was willing for a moment in time to say, I don't know. And that is my best tool today. When I am, you know, put in front of, in situations where, you know, I am overwhelmed and I'm confused and I think, well, this program does not work in all conditions because look where I am right now. Then uh, I can say, I don't know. And I can pick up these spiritual tools that were given,
8: you know, get on my
5: knees and ask for help from my higher power, and uh, pick up the phone, talk to a newcomer, and then, you know, I get perspective. There's all kinds of things that my higher power shows me to do that do not involve cellophane boxes and, and bakery bags. When with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Katie. Farad, go ahead.
5: Hi, thank you, this
7: is Vera, the Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I just have a very vivid memory of reading this sentence with my sponsor while reading the big book as part of my um, sex work. And I remember really losing a bit. I couldn't breathe for a moment because this is not a philosophical question. It's a life and death question and i'm asked now to make a decision It's a real decision making am i going to be the one who rule and decide and go by my wanties which never worked and led me to really horrible miserable life and the people around me or am i willing even if i don't exactly know for for sure who is my god but I'm willing to let go and let God and even to be willing to be in the process of getting to know God getting closer to God if even if I don't have a very um, strong experience of who he is but understanding that it cannot be me anymore and it's really asking me to let Go, because nothing about my decisions, my emotions, my thoughts led me to recovery. And letting go and let God. And I'm sharing it because it wasn't obvious for me who this God is by, at this point when I read it. I, I couldn't say that. And I think it's a process that is still developing. Cause when even when I'm recovered I, I'm committed to 12 to text um, 10 11 and 12 and step 11 is to really increase my relationship with God on a daily basis it's a process that is supposed to take every day along as I as long as I live it's not something that happened that I can Put, you know, a a V over it and keep on going. And I think when my uh, sponsor shared with me how was it for her, you know, the development of um, getting to know God and believing in God, I felt a relief. Now I'm, I'm asked to take an action by letting go of my thoughts, my feelings, my whatever, me, 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 myself and I. And starting to trust someone that is beyond human beings and willing to be in this process. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Barrett. Who else would I like to share on this paragraph?
10: It's Leah. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Leah. Go ahead.
10: Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah, Covered compulsive overeater. Very powerful paragraph. Uh, when we became alcoholics, crushed by a self imposed crisis, Um, We Could Not Postpone or Evade. I wanted to talk about that for a moment before I go on. Um, You know, (laughs) the big book here is, um, you know, really uh, slamming it at us, you know. Um, What do you mean it's self-imposed? You know, I thought I had an illness. Well, (laughs) we do have an illness, the big book says, but it's also an illness where we've had a role in the continuation of its development, Uh, The big book here is being brutally honest. It is no one else's fault but ourselves. We're imposing this crisis on ourselves. Why? Because the solution is obvious to us. Here's all kinds of people, right, Uh, recovered alcoholics, ex-problem drinkers, all kinds of people are saying that I had this problem and now it is solved. And you can also be relieved of this merciless obsession if you do what I did. So for those who turn their back on this solution, indeed, it's self-imposed. Of course it's self-imposed. We welcome in the disease. The doctor's opinion talked about that, right? It talked about, okay, so we, we eliminate uh, those, uh, the alcohol. We eliminate the binge foods. But then what happens? We succumb. We invite in. We bring in the disease. It is a self-imposed crisis. The big book talks about that numerous times. That our problems are of our own making. You know, we're the architects of our own misery. The bottles, the bakery boxes, and the cellophane bags are only a symbol of the uh, resistance and defiance that lies deep within. It goes on to say, um, you know, we could not postpone or, or evade. We can't delay or avoid it. Why can't we delay or avoid, uh, avoid what's this decision here? Because we're killing ourselves with our own hand. Um You know, under the guise of seeking ease and comfort, we had to fearlessly face the proposition, the idea that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? The heat is turned up. The burner is, is, uh, you know, is ignited here. They're really turning the heat up on us and giving us an ultimatum. They're basically saying, you know, self-sufficiency will not produce a spiritual awakening. So what's your choice going to be? you know the big book is 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 doing its best here to say you know when we decide to believe in god we don't have to have any concrete evidence and no particular feeling about it the decision can be um very thin it can be it can be quite dark and obscure you know people of faith have courage <laughs> they take a leap they make a decision without necessarily having any knowledge or any evidence or any certainty or any specific uh you know tremendous feeling about it they just make a decision because their old way is not working so the big book is telling me here i have an i have a choice you know i have a choice i can choose not to be responsible and i can make myself more miserable by going to new levels of despair and depression by continuing to force my way into solving this crisis of mine called compulsive overeating, or I can seize this opportunity for a better life. Which is it going to be? The big book offers me that ultimatum in this paragraph. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
8: This is Paula Maschia.
0: You sure can. Paula, go ahead.
8: And thank you, and thank you for your service. This would be Paula. When when I look at this thing, when we become alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis, that in itself shook the very foundation
5: of who I thought I was. For see, I thought my disease was because of everyone but myself. Everything but myself. And here it clearly says, no. Who did it? Who did the actual And I had to come and I had to look at that. And it said, had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. That part, that is a full swing for me. As was talked about on the top of page 52, they used the words, the airplane travel was in full swing. It had to go from one side to the other. Either everything or nothing, Paula. No in between anymore. It was always in between, depending on, what was my life like? What was I like? Was I abstinent? Oh, for how long? Let me see again. Everything or nothing. God either is reinforcing it again, or he isn't. How does I want to live? How does I want to live or die for that fact? And it says it ends with always,
11: what was our choice to be? always ends and begins with that same question, what was your choice to be, Paula? Thank you very much for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula. Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
12: This is Sharon.
9: Sharon, go ahead.
12: Thank you, Christy, and thank you for everyone on the line. And um, I just wanted to... um, share uh, these last two paragraphs, we don't know. And my thinking, when it says about the thinking being mushy and soft, my thinking never had any logic to it. It was always illogical. Um, I really liked what you shared about, oh, you know, I can't pay my rent, and this is happening and that is happening, but, okay, I'm just going to go have a a box of donuts and uh, worry about that tomorrow. And that was the kind of thinking that my mind knew how to think on its own power and in its own strength. And um, this paragraph, this next paragraph about we could no longer postpone or evade this question, either God is and he's everything or he is nothing. Um, I, I, too, tried to compartmentalize God and... And, uh, okay, hes that's the truth when it comes to alcohol, but that's not the truth when it comes to my food. And that's why I was one of those that struggled over and over again for years and years. So I am just so grateful uh, that I had to reach that point. I don't know, but I know my thinking does not work, and it never will And so there better be a God, and there is a God. And um, I had to set aside everything I thought I knew up to this point, being in these rooms for many years, and be willing to just shut up and listen. And that's what I've been doing and working on the steps. And so I'm just so grateful to all of you on the line. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Uh, Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Um, jo- Joan,
4: compulsive overeater from Maine. Okay, Joan, go ahead. Hi. Um, for me, I'm very grateful. Um, that first meeting that I went to, I was so totally powerless. Um, I can identify with so much that everybody said this morning. Um, I could I could do nothing for myself anymore. Um, all I knew how to do was eat. Over every episode of my life, I was powerless and um, no longer in control of anything, and food was totally out of control. And I I totally believe that God was working in my life. Um, when someone went to a meeting, someone I worked with went to a meeting one night and said, you're coming with me the next night. And I went to that first meeting. And I saw there that People had life again, and um that was God working in my life and I do believe that um that one day at a time that um this this all works, and God does for me what I cannot do for myself, and on days when i I have no idea what is happening um I know that. If I ask God for help and I do something for somebody else and I remain grateful that um that God is there and that the program does work and that my life that day will be a good day and that um there is a power there there is definitely and I'm grateful that this meeting was here today I've been going to meeting, trying to get a meeting this week, and four times that I've been online, there's been nobody there but me.
0: So I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Christina. Christina,
11: go ahead. Good morning, my name. Thank you for your service, and thank you for everybody that's shared so far. It's great discussion. Um, either God is or he isn't. Either God is everything or else he is nothing. I never heard, I never thought of myself as agnostic when I came into this program. And I never heard of anybody using God to help them with uh, a food issue. And um, that, was, that was really revolutionary. It, uh, they said when I first came in years ago, that uh, do, what you be- do your best to identify and, and not compare. And so I was so desperate, I was able to suspend my disbelief. And the people at the, at the uh, meeting that I went to, we had a meeting where there was, a beginner meeting where there was 80 people every week. There was so much healing power in that room and each week somebody that was successful got up and and told what worked for them and i was able to see the connections they made to god's hand in their life people in this program taught me how to pray and um you know i'm grateful for every day i've been here because i've learned to use that that faith in a power greater than myself and says in our um, in our step book that God will help us with eating food plans and amounts never occurred to me to ask God for any any kind of assistance like that before but it was the women and men who who shared their strength hope and experience that helped me to see how God could help me every day and and with Experience behind me, I turn around and say, "Yes, this is a program that works. The only thing I could do in the beginning was just take a step forward and suspend my disbelief and It's such an inclusive program. you know we are we meet people of all faiths and backgrounds, but the thing one of the things we have in common is a faith in a program. for me, I have a faith in a power greater than myself because um, my kids never saw me over 200 pounds, and yet I know that that was the only way that I stayed alive until I got here by putting my hand in a bag or a box. And uh, so, um, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to listen to everybody's thoughts and, and uh, thank you. I cast.
0: Thank, thank you, Christina. Uh, anyone else like to share on this paragraph?
9: As well, may I share?
0: You sure can. Go ahead.
9: Good morning everyone. My name is Sharon I'm a, and I'm a recovered compassive overeater. Um I feel that I want when I hear this paragraph and and the sharing of the, our my my OA fellows I feel that I wanted to control my knowledge or my disknowledge of God. I wanted to I wanted to be God himself, and just letting go and passing the control to my higher power, and, and I call him God. And I wasn't, and I, as people say uh, here, I didn't think I was agnostic, but I was agnostic, and I passed my control and my self will to the to my higher power and just let it be and let it control my life and it was much much a relief and every day in the program even in on tough times uh when i want to eat and i just feel hard time then I just say no, you have your God. You go you go and you ask your God to remove the, the will to eat, to remove the difficulty and it happened and for me it's the miracle of the twelve step program as it laid in the big book. And with that I pass.
0: Thank you so much and thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Sylvia, will you please read a vision for you? Sylvia, can you press star one to unmute your phone? Hi, Sylvia. Thank you so much. Go ahead. Okay. It is...
8: Our book is meant to be, oh yeah, go
4: ahead.: <laughs> Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know we know only a little. God will constantly con- con- disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got.